Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Backwards and In High Heels, the podcast. We are joined by two amazing urban fiction writers, author Ebony Diamonds and Bianca Marie. Ebony has always had a passion to read and write, and as a young woman, she won competitions and plaques just for her writing ability. She grew up in Southeast D.C. and has always imagined becoming a writer. After going through a domestic violence relationship, she decided to write to relieve her emotions. It wasn't until after her father passed away in 2015 that she decided to get published. She thanks her children, her husband, and her family for their continuous support in reaching her vision. Please welcome to the show, author Ebony Diamonds. Hi, how are you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Ebony. So explain to us who you are, what you do for a living, and what inspires you, and how long you've, you have been writing. Okay, so um, I'm Ebony Diamond, as previously, previously stated. Um, my real name is Ebony Turntine. Um I started writing when I was younger. I actually like to write poems and I like to write short stories and stuff like that. I had whole notebooks, entire notebooks just full of stories. And um, I was just inspired by life. Like everything around me inspired me. I grew up in the hood. So, you know, it's a lot of raw material in the hood when it comes to, you know, writing and trying to get your feelings out there. It was hard because you know, people took it as like a joke type thing. Oh, you're writing your little yeah. stories or, oh, that that's cute. You know, just, you know, belittling, you know, what I was doing. And, um, you know, throughout my teenage years, I just, I just started to love it. Like just love putting pen to paper. And it just really made me feel like I had an outlet, like I was in charge of something. Because, you know, those are my stories, those are my feelings, those are my poems, something that I, you know, something that I like to do. So it was, I was very different from a lot of the girls, you know, that I grew up with because, you know, I wasn't thinking about sex, I wasn't thinking about boys, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything but writing, like being in the story world to take myself out of what I was going through, you know, and how I was, you know, Break, you know, living in, you know, the neighborhoods and stuff. So it, it just, you it know, that's, yeah, it was an escape. It definitely was an escape. And it was just different from what I was used to. So it was like, hey, I am writing about the hood, but this is the type of hood that I'm, if I was going to have to live here, this is how I want to live. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I want to be a glamorous hood chick if that's the case. So it was like, you know what I mean? So it was like, it's, as an author, I do I do get what you're saying because it's very difficult for people to understand that, you know, our accomplishments may not be in money all the time. It's in the number of words that we've written, and people can't exactly. grasp that concept. It's, it's non-tangible. So people don't get that we may have written 10,000 words. That is, that is the accomplishment, you know what I mean? Because exactly. Because never even write one word. So Right. Yeah. And it's like you would think about it ever. Yeah, it's very hard as authors to get, you know, people to respect us. It's strange because, you know, at first when you very first start, you know, trying to get published and write your books and stuff like that or poems, you know, whatever it is that you, you know, you do as an artist, 
when you first get people to try to pay attention to it, it's almost like they blow you off because nobody has ever talked about you. They've never heard you on TV. They've never heard anybody right. say anything about you. So you must not be amazing. You must not be good. That's not the case. <laughs> it's like yeah. you have There's to give a it me a chance. Never make it. Yeah, I mean, but they're never. They, they never reach that Ronan Farrow status or, you know, they ne status. And, you know, the crazy part is that even in the urban industry, um, a lot of authors never make it. You know what I mean? Right. People will refuse to read your book because you're a new author. And the crazy part about it is everybody was a new author once. Exactly. So the fact that exactly. people, you know, won't read, you know, certain people because they're brand new, how do you expect them to get anywhere? Right. And that leads me to my next question, which is, how has urban fiction evolved since you started writing? And, and what does it mean? What does urban fiction mean to you? Okay, the urban industry has definitely changed. <laughs> okay, because at sure. first, we, we, we considered uh, Carl Weber. We considered, um, right. you know, like right. those type of writers we considered Zane. They were actually considered urban fiction or urban erotica. And the right. the thing about like what he was Omar Tyree yeah 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 like that was you know they didn't they wrote you know books in the black community and things like that but right now it has changed so much from the formula if you would say you know if you will the formula of urban fiction has shifted because right now I can you know we writing about guys who, you know, they'll slap their girlfriends or, you know, their wives, and then they'll still be, oh, I'm so in love with you. But whereas, you know, back then, that was a deal breaker. Those girls were walking <laughs> off into the real hero's arms. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just, you know, they wrote a different style of writing. The style of writing now is, you know, what, you know, be considered just, you know, straight up hood. Exactly. It, it's, I, yeah, I, hood I, romance. Yeah, you yeah, and this thing is is yes, I'm a part of it. And uh, for your question, your um your last question, you um asked what it meant to me. It means a lot to me, and a lot of people don't understand this right here. Everybody can't relate to everything, but a lot of people can relate to living in the hood, falling in love with a dope boy. Him being like the most amazing person in your life, dropping money and jewels and everything on you. Right. You know, it was always a thug type. You never have a businessman living in the hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, hey, right. honey, let's go up to, you know, it's never like that. You have a, a dope boy drive by in his beautiful car that he acquired from drug money, and he'll blow the horn at you. Hey, baby, what's up, sexy? That is something that a lot of us can relate to. We cannot relate to a guy who looks like Fabio on a horse saying, oh, my God, you're the most beautiful thing oh. in the world. Ride off in the wind with me. That We have never right. seen it. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead right now. I know you're cracking up on mute right now. But no, well, we have never seen it. We have never seen it. And it's like we can only relate to what we have gone through. We can try to understand what we don't write. You know what I mean? What the other authors write in their books. But we can understand, but we'll never relate because – we haven't lived that type of life. So to me, urban fiction is so important to the people who can relate to it, such as myself. Exactly. So how has the evolution of urban fiction benefited marginalized authors like yourself, like in terms of book sales, visibility, book deals, that kind of thing? Um, it has become easier. You know, and of course, easier isn't always a good thing. <laughs> so, 
but it's like um it's become a lot easier to be an author and be published at first you had to wait months for them to send your stuff through four different people to read to see if you were good enough to be signed to the company you know what i mean or you had to you know like go through hoops in order to get a publisher to actually want you right now you can go in your email and send a book to a publisher and bam you have a contract in two days yeah, so definitely. I, I trust me. I, I know. It's, it's, and it's like, um, and I think that goes into a lot of what I've always said about us being respected. And I think it was like, it, it's so easy now that it's like they think it's easy for us, you know, to write the books just because we were easily able to get a contract. We still take the time to write our books. We still take the time to put the effort into a great storyline. We put a thousand percent into what we do. So it's, yeah, we put a lot of work into it and people don't seem to respect that, which is the oddest thing to me. I've I've spoken about it. And I wanted to know, Ebony, as a woman of color, is it important for the publishers to get to know their writers and their unique identities oh, in order to properly promote you and your manuscript? <laughs> because I often, find, that, you know, I, I'm an author myself, and I often find identity is an issue when it comes to promotion. So I'm wondering if you've ever experienced the same things. Yes, and that is an excellent question. Um, it's a difference between every last author, you know, that I know. We all write different. We have different writing styles. We, you know, are different emotionally. We're different, you know, everything. And um, with a lot of the publishers now, they take one, you know, they take everybody and put everybody into this box. Mm -hmm. You got to handle everybody the same way. You know what I mean? Everybody gets the same treatment. You know, it's like they don't think about, oh, wait, this person writes this way. This is what this person, you know, is, is selling the readers. Let me come up with a promotional plan for this particular author. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this person likes to write about this. Maybe we can find a way to put her writing into something that will, you know, get her the type of readers that are looking for what she's writing. But it, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. And it's like everybody gets handled the same way. You know, and it, honestly, with that, there's a little something right there, too, because uh, the more money you make your publisher, the better you're treated. And, <laughs> no, I'm oh, no. so serious. The more money you make your publisher, the better you're treated. And even if you made them a lot of money and fell off for a minute and stopped making stuff, they will treat you a different way. You'll stop getting your book covers faster. You'll stop getting your edits back quicker. You know what I mean? You'll stop getting the most promotion. Because if you're making them a lot of money, they will promote you to death. But if they consider you to be somebody who doesn't make as much as the next person, that's when you're cut off. You know what I mean? Oh, let's throw it up on Facebook two times and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's put her cover up, you know, and, and that's just it. You know, it's it's like a lot that goes on with how authors are treated. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a business. They see us as machinery. Right. Like, that's how they do. They oil us, you know what I mean, a little bit, just so we won't squeak. And then, bam, the machine works. Bam, then do what you got to do. Do what I did. You know what I mean? How I put you together, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, that's how they look at us. They don't even look at us as artists, authors anymore. Nope. We're just a machine to them. 
Now, do you ever write for white readership acceptance, Ebony? Never in my life. <laughs> I write. I don't write for a race, honey. I write for me, and I write for the the audience that's going to read me. Whatever audience that may be, if you want to read it, hey, hey, girl, like there you go. You know, go ahead and read it. But if you're not feeling me, then you don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's depending on you, you know, regardless of your race, because I have a lot of black readers. You know what I mean? Who left me one star reviews? Because, you know, they didn't like the character. They didn't like how she, right. you know, whatever. So it's like, as far as race, I have white readers. <laughs> and they love it. They're loving it. So it's like, I don't write, you know what I mean, to appease, you know, or try to pull in another race. That ain't for me. My thing is, I'm writing <laughs> my books. Right. I love that's that. it. I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> Thank so you. I don't write to get them to cross over to us. They never cross right. over. And you know, the thing is, honestly, I'm sorry. I got to elaborate a little bit. Yeah, the do. thing is, is that it's always expected of us. You know what I mean? To write to uh -huh. get that audience. We got to write to get white people to read our, you know, or like to get, we, they got to like it in order for the money. No, it don't have to be that. You can be successful within yourself, honestly. You don't have to get, oh, I'm writing for this. Yeah, they don't feel that way. They feel like they have to cross over. And I've noticed, honestly, there are some authors who start to, you know, write a little different. You know what I mean? Like they want to try to pull in a different audience. But at the same time, what about the audience that made you? Right. What about them? Are you going to start writing the books that they like just so you can pull in another audience for acceptance that they're not even asking for? <laughs> they're not asking for your acceptance, baby. Right. Not at all. Except yourself. Yeah. That's that. it. Woo, powerful. <laughs> so, thank you for elaborating on that. But I, it's time to get down to the reason that you and Bianca are here. Um, and before I proceed, I need it to be noted that I personally, L. Renee Chubb, am represented by McGuire, Schneider, and Hassey in Columbus, Ohio, who have advised these women to file an FTC complaint as well as myself. My FTC complaint number is 115-377-461. I will be including this in, as an attachment in the article because obviously we can't unpack everything in the article. And, of course, you guys want to see some receipts. So um, there will be an article that follows up this podcast that shows conversations, contracts, all of that. So um, you're quite a successful author, both of you. Um, um, Ebony and Bianca, but there's a dark side to this publishing industry that we need to have a conversation about, in particular, black publishing houses. Absolutely. Ebony, you were one of several women I interviewed and spoken at length with since November. That's how long this has been going on. Yet yeah. you and Bianca are only two of the women I interviewed here that is revealing the story with us today. Um, the evidence that's provided in the article is from a number of sources, many of whom were scared to come forward but wanted this story told. So, Ebony, starting with you, why are you not afraid to be here telling this story about what has happened to you? What is there to be afraid of any longer? This man has taken everything from us. Um, we haven't had our money. We haven't had – he won't give us our books, all of them, so – there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. I was never afraid, honestly, because when you do me wrong, I'm going to speak on it. 
as loud as your disrespect was, that's as loud as my response is going to be. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you you published 55 pieces of urban fiction under Leo Sullivan Presents. Um, those books took five years of your life to write, Ebony. Um, yeah. You've signed three contracts with, the, with Leo Sullivan Presents, with the last one in July of 2019. Girl, how did you sign three contracts and end up here? <laughs> okay, so um, it was going well. Uh, it was going well for a while, and you start to notice things. You know what I mean? But like most people, uh, red flags are like ghost signs to us. So it's like when you see the red flag, you definitely should, you know, stop. But we keep going because, you know, we're getting notoriety. You know what I mean? We're getting What's successful. the red flags that you notice? The red flags, um, how he would speak to people. Um, he, it was so many people who came, you know, and were, you know, dragging him and stuff on social media, but we didn't understand it at the time. Cause we're like, he's great. We're doing this. You know what I mean? But then he would, you know, talk about people, you know what I mean? Talking trash about other authors. Oh, they're just jealous. They're just this. But then some of the stuff started to make sense. Like I said earlier, the better, the more money you make, the more, you know, the better you're treated. And I started to notice that. And even your hardest working authors, you would put on a back burner just because somebody else was making a little more. So that was a, a serious issue because I'm thinking we're all working hard. We're all making you money. Everybody should be treated accordingly. You know, the same. And he just, you know, you would see him even on social media. Um, he had did this thing where he said, thanks for all the real readers who buy our books Ooh. instead of using Kindle Unlimited. Oh, wow, because they can work. Oh, yeah, that started a drag session, and they started to tear everybody apart. Like, those are real readers. They're still taking the time to read our books with their, what they purchased a subscription with. Right. So it's like, what exa you know, it started to show me he was a kind of greedy person. And, you know, you never want to believe certain things because of how somebody presented themselves to you. Right. You know, the presentation could be hiding anything. It's always more parts to a presentation. So what so really came, what, I mean, yeah, that's everything. That I, This whole story, so I need to back up a little bit for the readers. What really brought this whole thing into how I even came into the picture was that your books and Bianca's books, along with every other author under Leo Sullivan Presents and Royalty Publishing, were snatched from Amazon. Yes. Tell us about that. That's what kicked okay. this thing off. Yes, that's what kicked it off. Okay, so one day, you know, everything is okay. Money is still being made, books are still up, and readers are still loving us and everything, you know. So, you know, we're like, life is great, blah, you know, hey. So uh, one of our author friends, she had said, uh, she had made a post and was like, why is my catalog gone from Amazon? So we're like, huh? So, you know, everybody started to go on Amazon and check the books. They were gone. Everything was gone. Now that was the first. That was just us at that time. Leo Sullivan presents, and um, you know we, you know we started to jump in his inbox, questioning him, like, what's going on? You know, he gave us these. Oh, you know, uh, you know how white people do. They don't want, you know, they don't want us to make no money, sir. What? No, he did it. No, he did not hit. No yes, money. he did. He, yes, he hit me with the nineteen ninety five. Yes, he did. The excuse. 
Yeah, he hit me with an excuse, some some bull crap. So he hit everybody with the same excuse. And then, you know, days went on, a few days later, everybody's like, what's going on? Oh, we got a bag over here. Believe that, we still going to get paid over here. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What about our books? What happened? It was a technical difficulty, and we're getting it figured out. It'll be okay soon. So we like, okay, we believe him. It'll be okay soon. Nope. A few days later, that's when royalties books came down. And then everybody well, else's books all came down. Five of your books are gone, so they're gone. Yes, all of them, just in limbo. I, I, your wife, you're a mother of three. You found yep. time to write 55 pieces of fiction. Let's set aside for a moment what a genius imagination and skillful <laughs> time, sacrifice, and hard work that took. Yes. What is your husband saying about the right oh to your own work being released? I know he is up in arms, honey. He is so mad. And I totally feel where he's coming from. It was nice that he would want me to come to bed. And I will literally stay up to six in the morning to finish a book. It was nice. You know, he wanted to be with his wife. And I would, you know, even my kids, they want to play with me. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Mommy's going to finish writing. Okay, just give me a minute. I sacrificed a lot of time with my family to, to try to get to this goal that I had to be a writer. And it, it, it tore us apart, you know. <laughs> You can't even publish these books elsewhere. So how do you explain to him, babe, I've spent five years of my life, that I, and now there's, I have nothing to show for it? How do you reconcile that? Uh, the thing is, is that he didn't even understand it at first. He's like, oh, won't you just put him back up? Won't you just do this? Because he doesn't understand what happened. And once he realized the full gravity of it, he just lost it. He like, well, you need to call him. Tell him he going, you know, he need to give you your book back. He need to do this. He need to do that. He is angry because he sat there and watched me tear my body apart to sit up. I have a knot on my neck now from sitting up writing so long for five years. Oh, he watched this. He watched me break my back to write these books. He watched me go from nothing to something. He watched me going from making $50 checks at first and still trying to encourage me to making six figures. He watched my process. He watched my career rise, and he sacrificed me. He sacrificed himself yes, just to make sure I reached my goal because of how bad I wanted it. And that, that really hurts me. So where has this left you financially, Ebony? Like, how much does Leo Sullivan Productions owe you right now? I, I will say he owes me thousands of dollars. He owes me thousands of dollars. And I'm not talking about a small two. You know, no, he owes me thousands. This man has not paid me in four months my full royalties. And for you to say it's because Amazon didn't give you the reports, but they send you the money, but not the reports. And we're supposed to believe that because we're stupid, right? right. We're just poor black women, right? It's crazy. And we're left in a financial strain. Yeah, we're left in a financial strain because this was our full income 
A lot of us were single, like a lot of them, are, you know, a lot of single mothers. It's a lot of mothers. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of women who put their time to get their money. And the fact that a lot of us have been financially strained because of the situation, we have depleted our savings. We have spent all of our money trying to make sure we stay afloat and still no income. We've tried to find jobs, but we don't have daycare. We can't afford it. It's just like everything has fallen down around me, uh, us, and it's just it's, it's unfair. I, I totally agree. I don't think anyone should ever be put in this position, and to have another to have a black man do this to black women who black know women. are out here struggling, it burns me from the inside up, from my feet to the top of my head. It's sickening because you don't expect this from us. And it's sad because sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And it's like, Jesus, it's terrible. And you sitting there living high on the hog. All for us. Right. So is there anything else that you want to talk about that is not going to be proven in the screenshots or the text that you want to address before this story comes out? Well, it's a lot of things I want to address. <laughs> um, so firstly, okay, as far as the money situation goes, um, we have, uh, a lot of us have retained um, counsel, and we're all trying to, you know, get our money from him, but there's a lot of things that he's trying to do to stop us from getting our money. He's trying to implement non-disclosure agreements. He's trying to silence us while he robs us. Right. And the thing is, is that I tried to be civil with him. I've tried to send him several emails, and all the emails I get back from him are, <clears throat> oh, you know we in a good situation. You know we doing this. We doing that. I can't believe you. I can't believe this. And something that really just took me that I learned the other day is that he's running around telling people how much money I made and how I had to borrow money from my bonus from him. He's telling people my personal business. And not only that, yeah, not only that, oh, she got a husband over there. I had a husband when I made you all that money too, sir. Exactly. Exactly. So what does my husband have to do with this? And isn't he now back on Amazon under a fictitious name? Yeah, and that's something else, too. Yep, he sure is. He is attempting to put those books back on Amazon illegally. He claims he has deals with Ingram for audio books, and now he has a deal with Paramount Pictures, which I'm going to check out because if they want to work with a man who does not pay their authors, who, does, who treats his authors like crap, right. then they need to be shout out as well. Because well, you cannot say that I address Terry McMillan, who's having an event with his wife, who Vera, uh, her real name is Vera, but she goes by Portia Sterling, um, who was arrested for fraud and bank embezzlement at one time. And I asked for a statement from Terry McMillan, who just sent out a tweet two months ago crying about getting her royalties. So hmm. I asked her what she thought about that, and I never got a response, which is quite disappointing. So. It's very disappointing. There were several other people. I, I believe, um, who was it? He had several people working with him. Um, the guy, Andre, I believe his name is Andre. I can't remember his name, but he was on Tyler Perry's show. Um, well, we'll he's on a lot. He's on the, the movies. 
Yeah, we'll figure that out. But yeah, he was on shows with. He did a, uh, his movie with him. Pay him to come and be an actor on his movie and everything. And it's like to me, you're taking advantage of us so that you can reach your goals. You're taking our goals, taking advantage of our goals to reach yours. And you've really tr shown your true colors at this point. You work with all these people. You're paying all these celebrities to do things with you, but we can't even get out just do. Exactly. So it's disgusting. Support you right now, Bianca. Like, what, how can they follow you on social media? Do you have a, a GoFundMe page set up? How can people support you? And then I want to wrap it up by you telling us what 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 now. Um, um, you can reach me on author underscore author. Um, oh, Jesus, sorry. Can you cut that out? Um, author <laughs> underscore Ebony underscore Diamonds at Yahoo. Um, Yahoo. Dot, oh my God, I'm so messing up, Renee. Uh, <laughs> Ebony underscore author underscore Diamonds on Instagram, and then Ebony Diamond Turntine on Facebook and Ebony diamonds 86 on twitter and i'll also make sure to include the links in the show description guys so make sure that you follow both ebony and we'll get bianca's here in just a moment so what what now what 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 now ebony well right now um i have been working to put my books back on amazon that he called himself allowing me to get back but i've looked at my contract and found loopholes when i'm a lot of my books are already still mine. First of all, they're mine already, but I'm going to take my books back. You're not going to take my money and my books. Exactly. That's just something that's not going to happen. Ways. You cannot have it both ways. And the, the crazy part about all this is that this was done to him. He was with here. Vicky Stringer under Triple Crown. Yes. I thought so. I thought so. Okay, yeah. So yes. So... That happened with him. He, he had his money taken, and he decided that he was just going to, you know, do the same thing to us after you know what it feels like for somebody to try to do that to you. Yeah, yeah. he just wanted to, he kept perpetuating the cycle. He kept per per perpetuating the cycle. And the thing is, is that for you to threaten us and do all the things that you were doing, cursing at us, calling, you know what I mean? Like just straight disrespecting us. As if we did something wrong to you. And, guys, just, again, keep in mind that receipts are coming in the written article that will be published on Monday on Woke Author Zone. So make sure you check that out. So we'll have the screenshots, the text messages, all of that. Um, Ebony, thank you, thank you for being brave enough to share your story. We'll definitely have you back on because this story is a lot bigger than 40-minute segment. Um, I would love to have you back on when we have some of the royalty publishing authors come on. So please, um, please allow us to send an extended invite to you early on for that to happen. Okay, of course. This was great. I had a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll wrap up with a, a couple final questions at the um, at the after we're finished with Bianca. So hang tight, okay? Okay. Hey, uh, hey, Bianca. Jenny here. So I'm going to ask you some of the same, or all of the, all of the same questions. So, author Bianca Marie currently resides in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. She is the mother of two beautiful children who are her inspiration for everything she does in life. Being an avid reader, reader turned writer, she's always had a passion for writing, 
which was something she started to do in her spare time. She finally put her fears to the side and took it a lot, took it a step further by writing a full-length novel. It has been a journey to creating more and more stories every day that she's happy she can provide to her readers. She's currently at work on more novels. Bianca Marie, welcome to the show, and thank you for your bravery in telling your story. It is important you do so not only so you get what you've owed, but so this does not happen to any other black, brown, white, yellow, or orange woman ever again. So, Bianca, how many books did you write under Leo Sullivan Presents? How many contracts did you sign with him? And did you were there any warning signs that you would end up here? Okay, so I actually wrote, I actually have 35 novels, but I have 25 under Leo Sullivan And I was signed, I signed two contracts. One contract I fulfilled, and my second contract, I've never got the chance to finish it because of the issues that happened in November. And I had a couple of warning signs before all of this happened. With one of my series, uh, it was titled Hook, Addicted to a Supreme Love, Part 1 through 4. I hit mm-hmm. number one on Amazon. And for Part 3, I stayed at number one on Amazon for three weeks. And when you last from the uh, Amazon, Amazon was 100, top 100 bestseller chart, they seem to, they send the author an Amazon bonus. But by the by you having a publisher, the bonus goes to the publisher, and they are supposed to distribute it. I never knew I had the bonus until someone told me when I received my uh, Amazon All-Star bag. And someone told me that you are supposed to receive a bonus for that. So I messaged, I messaged Leo and asked him about the bonus, and he basically told me the bonus, he basically told me the bonus get invested back into the company. But my thing was, if I would have never asked you about it, you would have never told me I had the bonus. And those bonuses can range from $1,000 to $2,500. I don't know, though, because I never received the email. I never was told that I had it. And for him to tell me that my bonus gets invested back into his company, I took that as, you're stealing from me. You stole from me. That's a fee. You can't tell me you're going to take my money that's owed to me mm-hmm. and invest it back into your company. As an old, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, of course. Um, how did you even come to learn of Leo Sullivan and Leo Sullivan Presents? Were there, like, any bad reviews online when you were looking for a publisher? Did you check reviews at the time? Okay, so I'm going to actually be honest. And a lot of authors that signed to Leo at the time, when he, mm-hmm. when he was coming, one of the biggest publishers in the ebook game, it's because okay. of money, the word. That word right there, money. And I'm not going to say I didn't go for money because I did. Because at the time, he was one of the only publishers that was offering sign-on bonuses. If he felt you was an author doing good enough in the game, he would offer you a sign-on bonus, which he did. He offered My first contract, I was offered a $3,000 sign-on bonus, which is nothing compared to what some people get. And I, when I signed the contract, I thought, you know, everything was 
okay. You know, I have heard rumors about him, but I have heard rumors about other publishers as well. So I always feel like you have to experience things for yourself before you can make judgments, you know. So I didn't want to just go off of someone's word before I got to know who the person was. Mm-hmm. And like for food, I stay even after the Amazon thing with my all-star bonus, which I should have, that was a sign right there that I should have left because that was only my fifth book under it. I should have left, and I did Hey, Insights 2020, it's okay. It's totally okay. I'm, I mean, it's not even remotely close to okay, but Hindsight's 2020. Um, so you're the wife and mother of two children, and you found oh, time to write. Wife. Oh, excuse me. So you're the mother of two children, yes. and you found time to write all these pieces of fiction. 35, that's incredible. Um, you're welcome. Um, that's quite an, I mean, that's quite an imagination. That's a skillful use of time, sacrifice, and hard work. Um, how did you find time to do all of this as a single parent? As a single parent, it's actually extremely hard. It was some night I stayed up before 5 in the morning, getting at least two hours of sleep and have to be right back up at 7 in the morning to take my children school and come home, try to write a little bit before they get out of school, pick them up, cook dinner. It, it's like it was a cycle over and over and over again, and sometimes I found myself with headaches and not being able to get out of bed some days or my immune system getting too low because I wasn't taking care of myself, trying to appease everyone, from my children to my readers, you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, this was my, my main source of income. This is where I put my all into because I want it to be great. This makes me want to fight something, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, it really does. This is so incredibly unfair. So what does it mean for you just as a creator and an author to have someone have just that much control over your portfolio because you can't publish the book anywhere else? Okay, so the thing about me is this. Um, as he took me as being one of the quiet types on social media because when I get on social media, I strictly get on there to promote promote my work. I go in my reading group. I talk there. But I'm not one of those ones that you can walk all over. So when this happened in November, I wasn't letting up. Unlike Ebony, I'm one of the ones. I was able to receive all my books back because I wasn't going down without a fight. Now, I haven't been paid. I haven't been paid properly since November. And that right there, that was that took me over. But I wasn't going down without a fight without receiving all of my books back. I have all my books back that I had under Leo's he, he gets on the phone. He talks to his other authors. Like, authors don't talk to each other. And he told someone that I was belligerent, I was ignorant, I was rude. But I, it's rude because I ask questions about my work. And even when he gave me the book back, I asked for my edit because your editors are supposed to send the edited work, the edited version back to the authors, and his editor didn't do that. They keep the edit and they upload the book on Amazon. So when they when I received my book back, I asked for my edit. 
they disappeared in being there. So now I have to pay for all of my books to get re-edited. Editors could charge from $100 to $5,000. I mean, you never know someone's price range, but I should have to give all my books re-edited. When you took your 50, that's why you paid 50% of my money every month, because you were supposed to pay for my edits and my book covers and all of that stuff. So now that you give me my books back, now I have to repay for the edits. It's one thing after another with them. Jeez, that's not cool. Not at all. Now there's a question we asked we asked that we asked um, Ebony that I'm very interested in having you answer as well, which is why are you not afraid? Oh, I'm not afraid because I was taught to always stand up for myself. From the time I was a little girl, if you see something wrong, speak out on it. Just like with my Amazon bonus, a lot of people don't speak out. I spoke out on that. I spoke to him about that. Like, I have one thing about me, I have never bitten my tongue. I'm going to say what I want to say, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And, hey. The concept, however, when you do people wrong, you don't prosper in life. I don't care how you try to make it seem like he wasn't wrong. And the thing is, the way he went about it, it wasn't just about the book coming down. It was about his attempt at everything. And he wouldn't allow us to get our books back. He wouldn't allow us to put our books back up on Amazon. But as a businessman, and if you want your company to still thrive, if you want your people to stay with you, you will do everything possible to make sure your people are happy. And that's what he did do. November, when we supposed to pay November 29th, that would have been our Christmas check. You know how many people was in a uproar because we wasn't getting paid because you, he felt that he just sent everybody a thousand dollars and that was that. He was like, Oprah, you get a thousand dollars, you get a thousand dollars, you. Well, we know we have five thousand dollar checks, ten thousand dollar checks, seven thousand dollar checks. These are people yeah. that don't make a little bit of money. Jeez. It's a thousand dollars. He sent y'all a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars at Christmas time. I would have, He sure did. That's bullshit. He is super scandalous for that. I'm sorry. I have to insert my opinion on that. He, that's scandalous. No. I completely agree. I completely agree. Now, out of curiosity, did you have any did you have any interactions with Leo's wife, with Portia? No, I do not. No, I didn't. No, I did not. Because you okay. know, I never talk about she ain't my publisher. That's Were it. you aware of her of her past? Yes. You know, around that time, everything had came to light. You know, and I um and I have a couple of good friends that's on that was signed to Royal Suit. I will say this: that we have the lesser evil being signed to Leo. You have what? I'm sorry, broke up. We have the lesser evil. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's scary. That's scary as hell. Yes. I will say that. Damn. Jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. And that's her being a woman. A black woman at that. Still not okay. 
talk to us. Yeah, no, talk to us about that online, the online harassment of authors. Is it just as your fault? Could you say that again for me? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. My voice is, I'm a little under the weather. Here, I'll repeat it. Um, I'll repeat it so it's clear. She was asking, the question is, talk to her, talk to us about the online harassment that you guys have been getting in rooms like the tea, you know, the um, the literary tea room, where as if this were your fault, the author's fault. Oh, so, yeah. With that, it, it's so much because you don't know, You first, you don't know who's behind that page which is neither here nor there, but also it's, it's the uh, harassment of what well, the author should have knew better, or they knew they knew what they was doing, what he was doing when they was getting that money, or they knew uh, that he was uh, wiping those books. We didn't know anything. We write our right. books, we send it to the assistant for them to get edited and uploaded, and we receive a date, and we go on to book two or book three, or we go back all over again the whole cycle. We knew nothing. And that's my thing. How, so how do you know what we knew? You uh, you guys are assuming. Like, we, we consider speculating. We speculated for the longest. Well, I, Leo must be a something. Because Amazon not letting up. We had all these conversations right. because we all were concerned. Like, this is over. And I know you guys were in contact author. with Amazon as well. Yes, we were emailing Amazon back and forth trying to figure out, and then when Amazon, he first told us we couldn't upload the book because Amazon uh, uh, blocked our account. Okay, so we emailed Amazon. We called them just to be sure. Is it possible that we can upload our book to our own account? And they said yes. As long as you can prove oh, wow. you have the right back to the book, then you can upload them. That's why at this point, that's what I'm currently doing now. I'm trying to take a step into being Congratulations. an author. Thank you. Yes. So that's that's good. Do you have lawyers involved at this point? Yes, I have counsel as well. But my for me it's not about about receiving the books back or the rights because I have both. It's about receiving my money that I am owed. Heck yeah. Absolutely. And Ebony, I wanna I wanna jump in here. I'm sorry, Jenny. Ebony, you actually your attorney has actually already sent Leo a letter, is that correct? Can you give yeah. us a, a little bit of the details of that letter? Um, the details, she actually, I love her for it, but <laughs> she, um, in the letter, she, yeah, she explained that she was my attorney, and she explained what my contract entailed, what I'm due, and she also explained how many books that I had published under him, and this right here, let me see. This right here says, to date, Ms. Turrentine only received one payment of 3200 for royalties from Sullivan Production. She therefore demands proof of the number of books that were sold through Amazon so that she may review exactly how much is currently owed to her by Sullivan Production. And what I also love is that she's going for my future bonuses because he reached the contract. So she says he has owed me this whole contract. Because I was able to fulfill it because of what he did. I and told you he also the contract. That, Girl, I'm not even an attorney. Yeah. Like, that's just so obvious. That what? Right. came down from Amazon. That was his breach of contract right there. That's just exactly. Like a no and here it is. She says, you recently notified Ms. Turrentine by writing that she has been released from the contract. However, you mentioned that you will be retaining some of the rights to the books listed above. Due to your breach of contract by not paying Ms. Turrentine on time and what she is due, 
The contract is voidable, and you are allowed to retain zero rights of any of the books that have been given to you by Mrs. Turnpike for publication. And she said he has 10 days to respond. Oh, heck no. Yes, oh, baby. I said, let's I go. Come on, baby. I said, come on, girl. <laughs> yeah, because you know what's crazy? What she's talking about, Jenny, just to eat this, and you'll see it in the article, there's a clause in their contract. It's like miscellaneous X. And it says that they're allowed at their own expense to have someone investigate his book. So he put it in the contract. Right. That's what she's talking about. Yep, and she's talking right. about, the, yeah, we can audit his book. So that's the good, yeah. Let's go. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, Bianca. I just wanted her to say I know, that. So please. Jeez. Jeez. Bianca, do you think Leo is a symptom or a problem of like black publishing houses? Okay, so I, I would say all black publishing houses because mm. he's a problem. And that was my question, by the way, so just don't. <laughs> I was the one that did generalize it because I see a lot, see a lot happening, so. Because I, I feel like this, uh, with the publishing houses, it's still, it's a lot like the music industry. If you sign a contract that you're not too familiar about, that's how you see a lot of the artists from the 90s that they got messed over by people stealing their money and they write to their music. It's, it's a lot like that. When you put your name on a dotted line and you really don't read it to it because all you're thinking is about an opportunity, then you know that. That's what it is. But to me, it's about you as a person. Him as a person is what is what makes it wrong. Because mm-hmm. the way he handled things, the way he handled business, it was he went all the way wrong about it. It, it, it was when he sent a, a group chat and said, "I got to get gangster with y'all." Let me get gangster with y'all for a minute. If any of y'all put them books up, you violating me. Wait, wait a minute. Who are you talking to? I lost it when I read that, y'all. <laughs> but who, who are you talking to? Because at the end of the day, put to put it right, you work for us. We don't work for you. <laughs> and, and we're independent contractors. Independent contractors, we don't work for you. You work for us. We allow you to have 50% of our money. So I feel, like it, I feel like it's all about the person. Yeah. You as a person make everything. And to me, he's greedy. He's greedy, money hungry. I just, you know, I've been saying it from day one, and it's always that statement like, go with your first mind. I should have went with my first mind because I've been saying it for a long time. Like, this man is so money hungry, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Just like people write standalone books. He used to tell us not to write standalones because they don't make no money. Right. Your book do good. He wants you to go to as many parts as you can because oh, you gonna check a bag right here. No, it ain't no more story to tell. How much he writing parts? Like some type of story in, but not to him. Not just making money, but it's a difference for the writer. For us, it's just not about making money. For us, it's about our craft. It's about the the art of telling a story. And absolutely. People don't see it that way. No, 
it makes me wonder how rampant this is in online publishing houses just in general. Yeah. I, 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 I think, think it exists different. elsewhere. Probably worse. I mean, because... Yeah. Yeah, agreed. But for me, I'll never find it. I would never find another publisher. And that's unfortunate. Well, what's, yeah, seriously. So what's your, what, what would be your message to aspiring authors and women getting into getting into the business right now? My, the best advice I would give someone is to do your research. Make sure that if, if you want to be in a publishing house and feel that you need a publisher, I'm not going to say everyone can go independent because everyone can't. Sometimes you need a push, and that's what publishers are for. Like, they're supposed to help you get to a level where you don't need them anymore. I mean, some people just really never want to see you walk away. But uh, some people can't just go straight independent because sometimes you have to build your fan base. You have to get out there. You have to get your face known, your work, you know, your work read. So if you feel like a publisher is the best move, just do your research. It's not all about the company and if the company makes the money. Sometimes it's about the person who owns that publishing house. How is that person? How is that person as a person? What is that personality? You know, are you sure that they're good looks to you? Because everyone is in there to help. No, absolutely. So, talk to us about what you talk to us about what you're working on right now. So, I'm currently in the process of putting all my books back on Amazon for my research. Um, At the time the shutdown happened, I was um, currently in the process of writing a part two to a book that I already had out. So I'm finishing up that right now because I don't like to leave my readers hanging. I always like to finish my series uh, out. So right now, that's what I'm currently working on. Ebony, what are you working on? Um, I actually am writing a new book. It took me a little while this time. My mind just wasn't there because of the situation and what was going on. So every time I looked at my laptop, I was like, oh, God, you know, like this. But um, I'm currently working on a book called Our Hood Love is the Coldest. And, you know, I'm real excited about this book. Bianca has been giving me some ideas about it. (laughs) Nice. I love that you two have, you know, at least one good thing came out of this, you know. Yeah, you know what? Me and Bianca actually wrote a collab. Two collabs together did very well. Like, we did so good. One was called The Billion, and the second one was called Hood Renegades. And, um, yeah, we we stayed up. We would sit on the phone and literally write together, like, on the phone. (laughs) That's awesome. Make sure I have the link so I can share that. That's so cool. Yeah, I love Bianca. She's my sister at this point. You know, we've been for years. We met at Atlanta at the kickback, and it was just over after that. Like, we just got (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like, years ago. It was good, man. Like, I love her. Like, a real sister. Oh, good. (laughs) See? Girl, you already know that. My right and soulmate. <laughs> yeah, see? That's so awesome. That's so oh, great. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. And I'm also working on movie scripts, too, by the way. I'm trying to tap my little finger into Hollywood, so let's see how that works well, y'all, out. <laughs> y'all make sure to include me in on the next collab. I, I need in. 
Yeah, you want to get in there? Absolutely. Y'all already know. (laughs) Let's do it. That's so great. So, okay, Bianca, can you share your, what are your links and social media handles? Find me on Facebook at Bianca Marie, um, on Instagram at Bianca Marie Book Sixteen. Um, my Twitter is also the same, Bianca Marie Book. It does on my social media handles. You have a GoFundMe page, um, either of you that you could share with us, um, in this, to put in the show description. Are you guys? I know, you know, we our readers would love to be able to support you in any way that you can. I know that, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, both of you, the finances are hard right now. So is there, do you guys have a support page? Um, You know, actually, I had one up, but it was taken down. I feel like maybe, you know, my old publisher had something to do with that. But I was, I, hit, I reached out and they said I can reopen it. You know, it was, you know, it was legit. So I'll reopen it, but you can just look under Ebony Turrentine, um, and you'll be able to find me on the GoFundMe. Okay, just I'll make sure I'll, I'll make sure, guys, that we put the link in the show description um, before the, when the show goes up on the, on the okay. podcast site. Okay. I don't have. I don't have. I okay. Perfect. Maybe you could share your cash app. Uh, okay, and I do have that. Um, yeah, just send me the cat. Just send me the cash app name, and I'll include it in the show description so people can support you that way. And guys, just another reminder: the article will be dropping on Monday in Woke, and it will also be featured on DemRightPress.com. Uh, the article contains the conversations, um, especially the one about. Um, Leo getting all gangster with the ladies. Um, <laughs> some of it, some of it is disturbing. I need you to know we kept, you know, kept. We obviously excluded some of the more, um, the more explicit ones. Yeah. So you know, look, <laughs> look for that to post on Monday. Um, again, it's 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 a lot to digest. Um, we obviously only unpack the tenth of it here in this podcast. So make sure you again check out the article coming on Monday on wokeauthorzone.com, also on demrightpress.com. Ladies, any final thoughts? Um just want to say thank you for the opportunity. You've been dope too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> like, thank you. You have you yeah. been You've really been supportive of us, like, you know, yes. since you saw what I've been tweeting. I was trying so hard and you was like, okay, look. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> right, because I kept seeing her in story. <laughs> yes, yes, because I kept seeing her tweets, and I just happened to be following her, and I'm like, wait a minute now, something ain't right. So I'm glad, yes. you know, I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad that I got an opportunity to meet both of you guys. You are freaking amazing. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm in awe at everything that you have accomplished. Do not let this man steal y'all shine. Keep writing. Keep doing what you do. Keep giving that black girl magic. Thank you. Both of y'all dope. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You guys have an amazing, amazing journey ahead of you, and we are here to support you in any way we can. Folks, this has been a SAG-AFTRA media production. No 
guest on the show has been compensated for their appearance. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you here again next Wednesday. Heel yeah. Heel yeah.